When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, When in Romance listeners. This episode of When in Romance is brought to you by Book Riot Insiders. Pack your bookish perks with a 14-day free, that is free, trial to Book Riot Insiders. You can sign up for a monthly or yearly novel subscription and the first 14 days are free. You can wishlist upcoming releases that you are dying to read. You can get exclusive podcasts and newsletters. You can enter to win swag. You can hear, or you, sorry, you can read the new release index uh, curated by all the books hosts, Liberty Hardy, and it will help you keep track of the most exciting upcoming books, including the romance books you want to read. So come on in. Your bag of bookish perks is waiting. And speaking of those exclusive podcasts, uh, Jess did one with Josh about film adaptations, and I recently recorded one with the lovely Kelly from the HeyYA podcast. Uh, it was all about essay collections and reading challenges. So that one's going to uh, go live in September. So feel free to find those. Go to bookriot.com insiders to find out more. And don't forget to get your free $0 14-day free trial of Book Riot Insiders. Hello and welcome to When in Romance, your place to go for all the romance novel related and maybe sometimes film, but other not not in your personal life. All the romance that you want in your life. Or something like that. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And we are happy to bring you all of the romance that you can reasonably expect from a book riot when in romance podcast. That sounds about right. Thanks, yeah, Trisha. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. I think you've, you have like carried the burden of trying to explain this podcast for so long, Jess. I feel like it's maybe my turn to try to help. I have. It's, you know what I mean. Everyone does. But, you know, for some reason, my brain doesn't. But anyway, let's let's get to it. Um, Gosh, we, yeah, we have like a lot of things. We do, but hopefully it won't get too wild in here because we want to have a reasonably not overly long recording. Okay, you are 100% time. right, but we have a few things on the podcast today that are not um, super like delightfully happy. Uh, and we didn't talk about this, Jess and I talked for like 15 minutes before this, and I did not actually tell her I wanted to mention this, but before we get into all of our not delightfully happy things, um, can I mention that you did an amazing and lovely Get Booked podcast with Jen Northington a couple of weeks ago? Uh, yeah, it was so fun and lovely and delightful. Um, and I tweeted about it and you included it, I think in the Kissing Books newsletter. Um, and it's mm-hmm. a very good, if you are a one in romance listener uh, who appreciates the many, many recommendations from this podcast, you will very much enjoy that one too. Um, and actually, I pulled it up so that I could tell you. It's uh, from, uh, it's episode 141. It's called Banter, 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 uh, Dirigibles. Is that even the right pronunciation? That was like a Jess Pride quote, so I'm not sure I have it right. <laughs> uh, 
I, I think I alternate between uh, dirigibles and dirigibles. There's there's an accent on one of the one of the eyes. Well, whichever you know one is wrong is. is probably me. So uh, feel free to uh, just know that. But it's a really really lovely and fun, wonderful podcast that has a lot of really great book recommendations in it, and and it's a great podcast for um, if you kind of want to like. I listened through the first few books and I was like, oh yeah, I've read these books. I get it. Like I know because you know whatever, I listen to read romance. And then started getting like some deeper cuts that I had not read. And I was like, ah, oh, man, this is great. But it's, it's good because you both get some great book recommendations, um, a lot of which we've talked about here on When in Romance, so it's not too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, you get some new ones, and you get exposed to a lovely new Book Riot podcast. So um, thank you for adding to my TBR, Jess. And also, thank you for giving away the secret that we don't uh, have any structure to win in romance. Because I don't think people knew that before. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously we were really, really big on, you know, yeah. plotting. Actually, we, we're pretty good about that. We just get distracted by... Well, and definitely like two minutes ago, I definitely told people that I hadn't even mentioned that I wanted to tell people about that podcast. So whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> anyway, so that is one delightful thing that we wanted to make sure that we mentioned to you. Well, I did. Just didn't know. Uh, here on When in Romance, episode, I think, 15, right? I think I think we're on 15. I think yeah. that's what I wrote down because I was an ellipsis before it, though. Uh, yeah, I'm proud. So, um, we're going to shake things up a little bit. You'll hear about one of our sponsors in a few minutes, but I wanted to start out on a low note because then we can just go up. Well, maybe there might be another valley later. It's a roller coaster today. (laughs) um, It's a roller coaster today. Um, Let's start with something that happened last week, and that was the... Everyone who entered their books to be judged for the Rita Awards got their breakdown of uh, judge responses. And a lot of authors of color were commenting on this on, on social media. And also a lot of people who write, let's, let's call them non-traditional romances. And some people were noticing some similarities between their judging. And some were just noticing and talking about historically how some of their books have been judged. Um, there were, were judges who decided that certain books that were entered, even though they were romances, and I mean the RWA definition of romances, um, did not have happily ever after. Um, sometimes this was people of color. Sometimes this was because there were more than two people in the relationship. And what? And I'm, I'm just... Why are people, Trisha? Why are people? I mean, you're asking a really good question. Uh, I don't know why are people. <laughs> um, so I, I can't necessarily answer that question. But, um, so I think it's a great question. And it's, you know, it's, this is the continuing ongoing theme of, yikes, we have some problems in the judging of the Rita Awards. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think this is, I mean, I know I've said this before here and elsewhere, more than one thing can be true. This can be really problematic and 
devastating and really, really hurtful to the people who are involved and impacted by it. And also, Mm -hmm. I feel like the good news side of it, for whatever it's worth, is that the folks from RWA noticed and care. And uh, I think the RITA, um, like the RWA conference is generally when there's a turnover in um, uh, board members. So um, they... Mm -hmm. Uh, I think how they had their sort of like big deal annual board meeting. And um, so there's going to be a new board. And, and to be fair, there were a lot of members of the last board who also were very, very cognizant, worked really hard. But um, related to this specific topic, the board members who were involved said, listen, starting in 2019, if there is a concern about voting, a judge can be asked for clarification about why they said a specific thing about a book. Um, and, if they can't provide a satisfactory response, they can be dropped either from that year or long-term and not included in judging in any way. And even though those um, actions only apply to 2019 and beyond, they are willing to start documenting problematic judging now. So they kind of said, yeah. So they kind of said, listen, if you feel like you were unfairly judged this year, let us know so that we can start making a record of what's going on. So if, you know, uh, you know, Ann Smith um, has a problematic record in 2018 and then in 2019, people are raising concerns again. They can say, listen, Ann, and I apologize if anyone's real name is Ann Smith because I just made that up. Uh <laughs> You know, whatever. <laughs> um, then they can actually start documenting the history now and, and start to take action. So um, I would, you know, credit where it's due. The RWA folks did sort of, I, I would say, same day response as some of those um, conversations started to happen yeah. on Twitter. And I and I think it's genuine. I don't think it's just an object concern. I think they really did. I think they're really genuinely trying to do the right thing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I use the example of saying that certain, certain re- relationships were considered not as, as not having an HEA. But, you know, there were also people who just decided to score super lowly for unclear reasons. And while I believe um, RWA would take out the lowest and highest score, um, sort of the way that you do when you're averaging out anything, um, in statistics as outliers, um, it's there were still points where it was obvious that someone might have been scoring incredibly low based on just their own perspective of who deserved to get points for something that was out of the author's control. Not It wasn't about their writing. It wasn't about the story it wasn't about characterization it wasn't about appeal it was about characters who were not straight white people and so and it's it's hard to really even consider that someone would even think that these people are not like me and therefore I can't in any way figure out what their lives are like. So they get a two instead of an eight. Like, I don't actually know how the scores work, but um, that that there are people who actually score like that. And the fact that they are 
going to be held accountable in some small way, even if it's clarification is is really good going forward because there are so many people who have pulled away from RWA from writing even. I mean, that um, that article that came out, well, it was less an article, more a personal essay that came out. Um, was it Nikki Salcedo? Um, about just... I think so, yeah, but I'll take another look and make sure that we uh, link to it. Um, about like not even wanting to write anymore after um some of the treatment that she got in judging and in even being considered for the golden heart award it was heartbreaking like completely heartbreaking um so i'm really glad that everyone who is taking action has done so and is trying to move forward with fixing the internal institutional racism and other kinds of uh, prejudice and um, those things that are happening in RWA so that we can agree that, you know, it's not just a certain group of people who deserve that HGA. I think that is an excellent point. And speaking of HEAs, that's a really good uh, segue into our next topic. But before that, let's thank our sponsor, one of our multiple sponsors for today. Um, this week's podcast is sponsored by Bell Leather by Susanna Kersley. Thank you. Um, Yay, thank you. <laughs> uh, it Let's read about what this book is about. It's late summer and war is raging and families are torn apart by divided loyalties and deadly secrets. I'm in. Um, Ooh, yeah, it's very dramatic. <laughs> in this complex and dangerous time, a young French-Canadian lieutenant is captured and billeted with a Long Island family, an unwilling and unwelcome guest. I mean, obviously. Um, obviously. As he begins to pitch in with the never-ending household tasks and farm chores, Jean-Philippe the Sobran finds himself drawn to the daughter of the house. Slowly, Lydia Wilde comes to lean on Jean-Philippe, true soldier and gentleman, until their lives Ooh. become inextricably intertwined. Legend has it that the forbidden love between Jean-Philippe and Lydia ended tragically, but centuries later, the clues they left behind slowly unveil the true story. So if you are at, in any way familiar with Susanna Kersley, um, and I am in that space where there is familiarity, but not any actual experience because I keep buying her books and not getting to them, I'm sorry, uh, you know that she loves to weave this sort of past and present together. Um, so I am really looking forward to this one, Bellwether, um, and... It is out now, and uh, you can acquire it in whatever format you'd like to. We will make sure to have links in the show notes so that you can, you know, just acquire it in all of the formats. So we'll make it easy. Absolutely. And um, Susanna herself is a Rita Award winner. Um, She's also a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. 
Um, and she has been considered a read-alike uh, for people who love Diana Gabaldon. And I know that you've been watching Outlander and looking for something to read after you've read all 50,000 pages of that series. Well, of um, course. So, and Diana says that she's loved every single one of Susanna Kersley's books um, and that Bellwether is spellbinding. So there you go. It's got mystery. It's got romance. It's got history. Um, it's just got all the things that you could want in a book. And to find out more, you can go to SusannaKersley.com or um, find Susanna on Facebook or Twitter um, author Susanna Kersley on Facebook and Susanna Kersley on Twitter. Yeah, and I actually have read a little bit of Susanna Kersley. Uh, the Firebird is the one that sticks in my mind. And it's um, it's very much a, uh, there's like a Rita Award category that's something like a uh, contemporary fiction with romantic elements. And I think that that may even be what uh, Susanna's won. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it really is that like it's uh very much um nicola who is the main character in that story who's driving the story but um i can't even like the hero is lovely but i can't even remember his name and i don't even think it's in the description because he's lovely and supportive and in the background and doing like all of the things you want a lovely supportive background (laughs) character to do um and he's great and it's it's they seem so well researched and there really is, as Jess said, an element of history and fantasy and romance, and they're kind of epic in a way that uh, the Outlander books are and um, some of the other really great series, but they don't, it's not the same couple in every one. So if you mm-hmm. want to just read one and then be able to move on to something else, they're great books. So yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm on board. I may have to check this out. All right, that is Bellwether by Susanna Kersley. It is blue, which was surprising to me because I think all of the books that I have in my Kindle that are by her are more warm tones. Um, wow. So that will set it apart. Um, yeah. But so Bellwether right. by Susanna Kersley because I'm trying out Trisha's practice of Oh, yeah, so sure like you know. actually naming a book and an author more than <laughs> zero times in a, in a podcast. Good call, Bellwether by Susanna Kersley. I'll do it too. Awesome. So, uh, once again, thank you to them. And let's get back to the um, topic of the day. Which... Yeah, I think you were talking to me a little bit about Happy Ever Afters, Jess. Absolutely. And I. Um was in a bit of a mood earlier and decided to start a non-definitive list of people who deserve happily ever afters. Let me ask you before you tell us who's on the list, because I think we're all dying to know, but let's build a little suspense. Is there (laughs) anything particular that inspired either the mood or the list? Well, there was a combination of things. There was, of course, this whole Rita judges thing deciding that the easiest way to knock somebody off of high judging is to say that they the book didn't have a happily ever after and then of course there was a long ongoing but incredibly well responded to conversation about whether um romance had to have a happily ever after that that was just bizarre it, and it happens like once a year and i don't understand because the rwa 
the romance writers of America, the people who are basically the experts on romance, have two requirements for a romance novel. A central love story where two or more people meet or meet again or already know each other and fall in love and an emotionally satisfying and optimistic ending. This is their words. In a romance, the lovers who risk and struggle for each other and their relationship are rewarded with emotional justice and unconditional love. So that is that is a happily ever after, folks. Or, I mean, not even happily for now. I know that we've begun to accept that as a thing in romance as like, you know, it might not, it might end, but we won't see that in the book. So whatever. But unconditional love i guess unconditional love can end i don't know i'm just talking right now but um, yeah well that's my fault i asked you i asked you probing questions which was not fair so now let's end the suspense and get to your list who deserves an hea jess who deserves an hea well i mean let's be honest most of the people who are are in the most popular romance novels deserve an HEA. So straight white people under 35 deserve an HEA. I will give you that. (laughs) Also, people of color, whether they're with someone of their own race or people of a different race. So if an author is writing about a black woman and a white man or a white appearing man, as the case may be in something we'll talk about later, then um, they deserve an, a happily ever after, too. Uh, how about people who fall in love with someone of their own gender or someone who's gender nonconforming? They deserve an HEA. People who fall in love with multiple people. They all deserve their HEA, whether it's three of them or seven. I don't know. And the seven came from another Twitter thread called hashtag is this a romance? Um, if a woman falls in love with seven people, is that an HEA? I think so. Um, so anyway, continuing on, um, people over 40 deserve an HEA. Like they can, they're not on the shelf. They, they can, they can get it just like anybody else. You don't have to explain (laughs) it. You just own it. Just tell people over 40, you you get get it. Good good for you. (laughs) Over 60, over 80. You deserve it. Why Why not? not? Fat people of all genders deserve an HEA. And I'm just going to say, because I was really excited by something I read maybe five minutes before Trisha and I started recording. Um, One of my favorite authors is writing A Chubby Hero, and I'm really excited about it because I don't get enough of them. And yeah, I'm excited. I bet it's a... Is it possible that it's an author we've talked about on this podcast, Jess? It couldn't be, but yes, it is. <laughs> Are you going to tell the good people who it well, is? Well, okay, so if you're not following Talia Hibbert on Twitter and you're on Twitter, you need to. Um, but, you know, maybe a few hours before, she was like, I want a chubby hero or a, a chubby guy i can't remember exactly what she said and then she quote tweeted that one and said i'm gonna write him he's a sexy mechanic and twitter went wild 
Um, so we don't know anything about this book yet, but we can bet it's probably going to come out before the end of this year, or at least hope. Um, because I swear the woman just comes up with ideas and puts them on paper and they're magic. Talia Hibbert deserves an HEA. Talia Hibbert deserves an HEA. I'll tell you that. Um, but continuing on with who deserves an HEA, um, People with mental illness deserve happily ever afters, as do people with physical disabilities. People with any kind of disability deserve an HEA. People on the autism spectrum deserve an HEA. People who otherwise identify as neurodiverse but not autistic deserve an HEA. Why you would say they don't, I don't know. You know who else deserves an HEA? And I hadn't really thought about it until you started talking about a book that you had really enjoyed, Trisha. No, tell me. People who were screwed over by the prison system deserve an HEA. Were you, was the book Thirsty by Mia Hopkins? The book was indeed Thirsty by Mia Hopkins. <laughs> I still haven't read it. It's sitting there staring at me, just like everything else. Um, You're 100% right. People who are uh, involved in, a ju- in the justice system in ways that they should not be deserve an HEA. They do. And there are some people who I sat here thinking, do they really deserve an HEA? Do people who were in prison, maybe for something like murder, but aren't complete psychopaths or sociopaths, they probably deserve an HEA if they've sort of thought about what they did and why they did it, or they did it for a reason, or they did it without being evil. Like, people who aren't evil deserve an HEA. I think uh, people who aren't evil deserve an HEA uh, may end up our show title, first of all. I think (laughs) the thing that, and I I don't want to cut off your your list making, because obviously we want to hear all the people. What I'm hearing on your list is that it's very much a list of people who are who they are because it is who they are and Mm -hmm. not necessarily because of choices that they've made right like people who are who they are and sometimes that's even true of people who end up in the justice system or Mm -hmm. like the main the hero of thirsty is probably in large part in the justice system because he is not a white guy right Mm -hmm. there's a lot of race elements involved in that book. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think point being, we very much, you know, assign people to specific places and paths and um, everything else based on factors that none of us have any control over. And so that's a little unfair. Mm -hmm. I will also say too, and I, um, you know, I, I think HEA can be, in, in the romance genre, it is obviously some people, there's a romantic story, etc. But speaking more broadly in the universe, people kind of get to decide what happily ever after is for them, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, there are people who can end up in, you know, it can be a seven-person situation. It can also be a, a one-person <laughs> one situation, situation, right? Like, it can be. It can be a career-driven situation. It can be a full-time parent situation. It can be a full-time caregiver for a parent situation. It can be, like, you know, people 
deserve to find whatever their path is to happily ever after because you end up at ever after either way. Like, right, we're going to end up at the end of the line one way or another. So Mm -hmm. everybody should be uh, allowed to figure out what their path to that is. And you are 100% right that a lot of times one of the paths that seems closed off to a lot of people for no good reason at all is the romance path. Absolutely. And you've actually reminded me of two two kinds of people who I blatantly left off, and I am sorry that I did not think of them before, um, but who deserve their happily ever afters. And those people are single mothers and women who've had abortions. Those people also deserve happily ever afters. Yep. Was there anyone else on the list? I didn't mean to uh, to cut off the list. I, it, it was pretty much down to people who aren't evil. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's probably true. I feel like that, that story checks out. Yeah, and the whole um, discussion of happily ever afters and, and what book is a romance and what book is not a romance and all of that that was kind of going on on Twitter reminded me of our conversation about Nicholas Sparks and people mm-hmm. talking about how he doesn't write in the romance genre and whatever. And, and I – so – Again, I've said this already in this episode, more than one thing can be true. I think that that is accurate. I think when we were talking about Nicholas Sparks earlier in this season, this series, whatever it is, of When in Romance, when I was sort of down on Nicholas Sparks in terms of the romance genre, I think that his he is dismissive of it, of the romance genre and of its readers while trying to also capitalize on that genre and mm-hmm. its readers it is 100% true that many of his books do not have a happy ever after. And so if you are a person that is committed to that, you should not read those books expecting that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he has said, and his publicist has said, oh, romance is formulaic. My books aren't formulaic. Um, that kind of disrespect is kind of more what I was thinking about when we were talking about, when we were having that conversation. Yeah. Um, so to me, they're different conversations, and that may be a cop-out. I can live with that. That's fine. But also, I think there's a difference between trying to be protective of what the romance genre is and also trying to be careful of not of, of making sure that people are not disrespectful of what the romance genre is and is doing and the complexity that exists in that genre. Absolutely. And, you know, some of that whole conversation got down to naming some titles and some books and some authors that are definitely appreciated by people who read in the romance genre um, and can be, you know, taken to heart as passionate love stories, but do not fall into the category of what, what is considered romance. Like, if you follow me on Twitter, you might have seen a tweet that I actually had to explain to a friend, unfortunately, um, because it was broken down interestingly, um, where I quote tweeted, um, me before you is not a romance. Um, and I basically said, that is a hill that I will die on because I've seen it even categorized on overdrive as a romance and as a librarian and someone who took original cataloging, I don't know how that happened at all, but, um, you know, it is a beautiful love story. It is horribly ableist, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, but I do not consider it a romance and a lot of people do. So there is, 
there's a lot of a lot of gray space in in what we talk about in part because there's a concept of anything with a love story is a romance and that isn't always the case so I I live for my happily ever afters. If I find out a book doesn't have a happily ever after, I kind of go off a little bit, which is kind of bad because I've um, hate quit a couple duologies that way, partly because I did not expect them to be duologies. I thought they were one volume books and they were not and they ended on cliffhangers and I haven't finished either of them. I mean, sometimes that happens. I know. I know. I do want to know, you know. How, yeah. that, how that all ends up. But anyway, yeah. that that was kind of a, a big diversion from the whole, like, it's a question that we all continue to have. I would call it a unique take on a contemporary conversation around what is romance and the happily ever after. And so hats <laughs> off to you, Jess. Well oh, done. Thank, thank you, Trisha. Yeah. Uh, do you, is there anything else you want to say about Happily Ever Afters, or should we um, thank another sponsor? Why don't we go ahead and do that? All right. I'm ready. This one's mine. I'm, uh, and I am ready. This episode is brought to you by Chica Chocolate, and we actually got uh, some samples of Chica Chocolate. It is an herbal chocolate company. It is run by two young women who want you to know that your period doesn't have to suck. Uh, so if you are a person who gets a period or who knows someone who does, uh, this is a thing you should know about. Their mission <laughs> is to change how we think about menstruation, and it all starts with their truffles. You had me at truffles. Uh, they are infused with ancient Chinese herbal blended formulas to promote hormone balance, and these chocolates are both a delicious indulgence and a natural alternative for PMS relief. They are designed mm-hmm. to target the root cause of your period symptoms and delivered directly to your door on a subscription basis. Chica is for anyone looking to treat themselves to a better cycle. As one customer said, Chica chocolate has made a significant difference in how I live with my period. I don't feel debilitated for days out of the month. I feel like myself. Uh, I will say... Um, I, you know, I don't feel like all of you need to know all of the information about my life, but I will have more to tell you about this and how it works in a couple of weeks uh, when we talk about them again on a podcast. Um, but I have uh, had the opportunity to try one of the Chica chocolates and they are, uh, the truffle um, description is a good one. They are not solid chocolates. There is a delicious truffle um, situation. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Trisha, are you really the person to tell me when a chocolate is good? Because you have been consuming Cheetos and Chardonnay for dinner for several of the last few days, uh, <laughs> which is a true statement, unfortunately. But I take my dessert and chocolate very seriously. Uh, and the Chica chocolate is delicious. So I was, you know, how like sometimes you can get like sort of, oh man, what are those calcium chews? They're like chocolatey and they're like, oh, look, it's delicious. You can get calcium and it's chocolate. I'm not even going to name them because they are terrible, uh, but these are delicious. So that is uh, good information for all of you. You can go to ChicaChocolate.com to learn more. And if you are ready to start loving your period now, you can subscribe now and use the code CHACHING for 15% off of your first month of Chica. In case I pronounce that wrong, let me spell it for you. You can use the code CHACHING, C-H-A-C-H-I-N-G. 
for 15% off of your first month. Uh, so we will make sure to link to that in your show notes and your show notes in our, in all of our show notes, the collective <laughs> the when share. in romance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the collective when in romance show notes. Um, because yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things, boy, we do not talk a lot about it, but there are a lot of things that if you are a, a human person who is dealing with hormones and menstruation are sort of terrible. And so if you can both eat chocolate and have more balance in that, that's great. Yes. And I will thank Trisha for taking on this one because I was very saddened to discover that they were in my mailbox, my metal mailbox on one of the hottest days of the year. So they became one giant truffle. I will and tell you how many you can cut them up into now that they're in your freezer. Yes. They're ready to go. <laughs> I think it's like 10 or 12. I will count mine up and tell you I've eaten one. So I will subtract that out and let you know. So yes, if you are a desert dweller, just remember that uh, the summer is when you might have to suffer a little more and just hold off until it's cool enough to be to receive that box in your mailbox. Or you could actually uh, also send a quick tweet to the Chica Chaka, wait, Chica Chaka Chicks. That's actually That's their Twitter feed. It's uh, twitter.com it. slash Chica Chalk Chicks. Um, I will probably have to stick that link in the show notes too, just because it's rad. It uh, is. And ask them what to do if you are a uh, desert dweller like Jess is, and we will see if we can sort that out. Yes, because um, I, I would love to try those very, very soon. Yes. Many thanks to the lovely humans of Chica Chocolate for sponsoring the show. Indeed. Many, many thanks. All right. Unfortunately, I fear our next topic is uh, also a little bit grim. Uh, we'll we'll touch on it briefly and then move on to something less grim. So let's yeah, that's a good. I like uh, that. My note for I was I was telling Jess before the show. My note for this topic is people are garbage and Twitter is a free for all. More specifically, uh, we have seen uh, a few incidences recently of. Uh, Twitter trolls, and they are terrible. And so, Justin and I talked about potentially using some of those incidences as, I guess, an opportunity or a teachable moment um, for all of us to remember that people are terrible and Twitter is a free for all. So people are terrible and Twitter is a free for all. It's really so. I guess the probably the main example that we've seen recently is um, a human person, I guess, uh, on Twitter, um, USA Today tweeted out, uh, the cover of, uh, the very wonderful new book. Probably I haven't read it yet because I'm about to get on a plane and I'm really excited to read it. Uh, um, you're going to love it. It's Duke by default is the book, right? By Yes. Yes. Duke by default by Alyssa Cole. Uh, USA Today did a really lovely, some coverage on it. And, um, this again, human person, uh, mm-hmm. who I'm not even going to name cause it's not even worth it. Um, said something, <laughs> asked the question, why are you featuring a white man with a black woman? And, uh, because even though it's 2018 and we don't live in garbage world, mm-hmm. um, someone still can, I guess, ask that question on Twitter and not get blocked whatever yeah uh, and and she also quote t- i'm gonna say she i'm guessing she also quote tweeted it with note the black woman and white man propaganda she used the word propaganda 
propaganda. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm on the reply that she did. So, yeah, that's, yeah. Mm. So Alyssa Cole re- replied to her, because when she replied to the USA Today, Alyssa Cole was tagged. And so mm-hmm. being the absolute class act that she is, Alyssa Cole just replied, mind your business, person. Mm-hmm. Uh, she used her name. I'm not going to bother. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, thankfully, most of the human romance people are actually good human romance people and um responded by calling out the absolute objective uh clear racism that was going Mm -hmm. on here yeah uh and reported it and to this day this person's account still has not been suspended because i can look at it right now uh so it doesn't i don't know whatever that is i don't know I can't because I blocked them that same day um, and reported, but, you know, it's Jack. Um, but Twitter is a free-for-all. And that, I think, is sort of the um, longer term. Like, this is a, a horrifying, gross piece of this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think the sort of longer term piece of the conversation that impacts, obviously, Alyssa, but also a lot of the authors that we uh, care about a lot of the humans that we know and care about and us and other people. I mean, I've gotten trolled a bit. I'm sure you have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is Twitter really is a free for all. It is the wild west and anybody can say anything, but at the mean, in the meantime, you know, there are certainly people that, you know, will use one word or the other word and have their accounts suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, even though people can, pedal white supremacy uh, on Twitter and have many, many people report it and have no problem. So I don't know. We, there seems to be no level of accountability there. And I don't really know what the solution to that is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mostly like deal with Twitter as it is or not use it. And unfortunately people like Scarlett Peckham who are just trying to promote their new book will get, Banned. Scarlet Parish. Par- was it Parish or Peckham? I'm sorry. Parish, Parish is the one it that was, I've got in front of me because of a tweet from you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was we Parish. have a lot of names on the show this week, so there's a lot. It's we really do. Good. I was like, I'm so right, and then it's like, no, you're not, Jess. But anyway, yeah. we'll you're we'll doing get great. Completely banned while they're trying to. Well, not in this particular case. She wasn't promoting her book, but like she can't on Twitter now because guess what? She said a bad word. Ooh, it's not even a curse word, but ooh. Um, but you know, Twitter is is unfortunately um, a free for all. Yeah, <laughs> and it is a necessary evil. Um, because we can't turn away now that we've all gotten addicted to it. And I am still one of those people. I go on Twitter several times a day because I have um, eternal FOMO. But that's also another story for another day. And But the main thing that I've wondered every time something like this happens is just, where do people find the time? Mm. Like, I can't imagine finding the time to be horrible. Like... If yeah. you're going to be horrible, keep it to yourself. Nobody yep. else needs to know that you're a horrible human being. Um, mm-hmm. But there are people who literally just seek out drama. They they don't do it because it's fun. Some people do it because it's fun. But 
Like some people are just like, they feel the need to speak and whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah. I think too, there's an element of, I mean, some of the stuff, like when does it get dangerous? Like when is it legitimately, like, I mean, obviously I, like, I believe in the first amendment. I totally get that people have the right to say what they want to say. I get that. But that is, the First Amendment is not about everybody has the right to say in whatever atmosphere and forum all of the time. With no consequences. Exactly. And so Twitter does not have to let everybody say whatever they want all of the time on Twitter, right? Twitter cannot have people arrested for saying a thing necessarily. Um, If it's, if it, I mean, if it's a threat, then they like you can't threaten people in the world. Like I'm not a lawyer, but that's just the reality of the world. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like there's just an element of danger, and like you said, it's not even just a matter of of Twitter being a forum for people to promote books or to do whatever. It's a it is. I mean, it's when some people have access to a space and other people don't. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a Leslie Jones, um, who has who faced has faced uh, some very serious trolling. A black uh, comedian who is um, has maybe st- is still with Saturday Night Live and was with yeah, Ghostbusters. Like yeah. she's just great, wonderful, so smart, so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was when Ghostbusters came out that she was dealing with like awful awful trolling despite the fact that she had a really robust twitter presence and she i heard her um explain it and i'm not going to do it the justice that she did but as a it's like her favorite restaurant that you know like people were you know having a fight in Mm -hmm. and got somebody's got to deal with the fight the management has to take care of it Mm -hmm. so that she can continue to eat there like that's it's not fair to just say oh well it just belongs to the people fighting here now Right, like, that's just not a thing. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. I, I do, um, for whatever flaws Facebook or Instagram or some of the other uh, social media sites have, a Twitter does seem to be the worst for this particular kind of trolling. Yeah, and it's super unfortunate because, you know, people... It's hard to look away once that hap- once that's happened and it's hard to it's hard to ignore it when you're the person being trolled so i don't know it's just it's really a terrible and unfortunate thing that's happening and there is there are no solutions because the people in charge don't seem to think that, that that's a problem yeah. But, and I mean, I'm sure there's some cost element to it, too, that like in order to actually police this would be incredibly expensive and have a lot of people. And I think it's fairly well documented that Twitter is not making the kind of money that other spaces are. Mm. But if you're going to exist in the universe, I, you have to figure out some kind of a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's sad, upsetting, depressing, unfortunate, and all of those uh, good old thesaurus words, but... But at the same time, uh, you know, good old romance community uh, has definitely come out in wild support of Alyssa Cole and generally not terrible people Mm -hmm. to tell um, this, again, quote-unquote, human person to mind her business. So we can link to that as well. 
Yeah, there's a, a beautiful mosaic of everyone saying the same thing. Uh, but so let's uh yeah we will we will link to that and in the meantime move on to happier news uh maybe like giveaway news jess yes yes absolutely um and we can get to that news in like three seconds we have so many tabs every week you guys we just have like a lot of tabs and we just want to make sure that you have access to all of the information that you need from us. Yes. So, I don't know. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So I feel like Jimmy just has it now. Do you have the access to the, to the good news? I have it now. I'll tell you. Um, one of the problems with having a MacBook is that, that your tabs sort of like randomly disappear and you have to like click, 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 click to actually oh, open the yeah. ones that you want um, when you have more than 10 open. And um, that's sort of me all the time. But anyway, let's... <laughs> Let's talk about um, our most recent giveaway in honor of the forthcoming season three. We're giving away 16 of the books featured on our recommended podcast. Recommended features interesting people from the book world talking about their favorite books. And this giveaway includes books both written by and recommended by some of the author guests. Um, It's good until the 31st. And some of these are even romance authors. So you know you you want them. Some of these books include um, Unmasked by the Marquess. That that is not how you say that. No, I think it is. I feel like Marquess. Marquess? I don't know. I I don't know. It it felt really weirdly accented. I don't know what that was. Um, By Cat Sebastian. I'm pretty sure we Googled it in an early episode of One in Romance. I think think we did. I think you're right. Um, And um, non non, um, romance favorites, at least from me include an ember in the ashes by sabata here um which is a fantastic um technically ya fantasy um it's a little it's a little difficult especially in the beginning but if you get this you're gonna want to read it um florida by lauren groff meridian by alice walker um sorcerer to the crown by zen cho just so many great ones we're gonna have it linked um, but you can also go to, I lost it, where'd it go? Come back. Um, you can go to bookriot.com slash recommended three to enter. Um, so that's a giveaway of 16 books featured on the recommended podcast. Check it out. Yeah, and I think, I think that season is even running now. So you can listen to it while you are signing up for the giveaway. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, we love the fact that you love listening to us, but listen to them too. And, mm-hmm. you know, any other Book Riot podcast you want to listen to. Well, and here's the great thing about this. If you go on to like the uh, site, the Book Riot Recommended 3 site, um, to sign up while you are signing up, if you have not yet signed up for Kissing Books, which you should, that's one of the things that you can sign up for while you're there. Yes, sign up. You can get even more of my ramblings this time in written form. Ah. Uh, it's the best. It's great. <laughs> it's like news and recommendations and like rundowns of what's going on at Book Riot. It's great. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Uh, okay, so we are actually uh, quite short on time. So do you want to maybe skip? We um, had a request from Kate, who is, you know, lovely and was 
suggesting a topic for us about series is that we are very excited about. Um, but we are at nearly an hour. Should we mm-hmm. maybe skip that and instead talk about your uh, new brilliant idea that we stole from some of our brilliant uh, Book Riot colleagues, Jess? Why don't we go ahead and do that? Um, I like it. So I was scrolling through, I think it was Instagram, and saw that some of our podcasting colleagues, um, Kelly and Eric on Hey YA, or Hey Ya. Hey. Uh, whatever. Um, However you feel like it's pronounced. I, I like thinking of Andre 3000 when I think of their, um, their podcast. I do uh, the same. They have a book club. They were reading Tyrell, which was an old favorite of mine from when I was a high school librarian. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Go listen to them if you want to. Um, And I asked Trisha, do you think that we should start a Win in Romance book club? And she was like, Uh, do you know who I am? Obviously, that's the best idea I've literally ever heard. (laughs) So... We are going to move forward with this, but we want some input from you. Yeah. If you, if oh, you sorry. Have, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I was worst. like, what? What? Huh? If no, you, yeah, that's me. I'm terrible. I just got very excited. This is very exciting. It, this is very exciting. We're both really excited about this. Um, if you have any consideration on themes or topics or book types or people to check out or anything like that, books that definitely should be available in print books that you want to make sure are available digitally um reach out to us let us know and we will brainstorm and probably announce um our first pick by the next podcast do you think trisha or our first like five uh our shortlist and we will let you vote yeah, that that's it. That's right. See, because that was also your idea. <laughs> yeah, I was see, like, how I are we ever going to pick a book? And Jess was like, I don't know. We could let people vote. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, but like, yeah, front list versus back list. You know, are there uh, weird classic romance books that you think you kind of want to read, but you're not really sure about, and you want to discuss? Is it that you just we just do you know Duke by default? I I don't. Know, what do you guys want to do? Let us know. Let us know what you think. I see where Trisha's leaning. I mean, listen, there's a really good chance that I'm going to be reading it on a plane this weekend. We'll see. I don't know, guys. A lot of things could happen. A lot of things could happen. Who knows? Um, if people have uh, suggestions for uh, the our, the brand new When in Romance book club, how should they tell them to you, Jess? They can reach out to us in multiple ways. Why you can email me at jessica at riotnewmedia.com or oh yeah and i'm at trisha at riotnewmedia.com we'll have those in the yes or if you just want to tell everybody your thoughts you can at me um on twitter i am at jess's reading all one word all one word and i am at trisha underscore reads on twitter and if for some reason you have the perfect book and want to send us a picture, you can, Ooh, that's you fun. can tag us on Instagram and use the when in romance hashtag. Yes. Um, I am at Jess underscore is underscore reading. And I am at Trisha Haley Brown. 
Uh, and those links will be in the uh, show notes as well. Many thanks to all of those of you who have been reaching out. It's been really, really fun. It and we been. got some um, great uh, picks and tweets uh, or picks and uh, Instagram tags um, from the uh, Mid-Continental Library Romance Genre Con. I think oh, those yeah, yeah. words are all correct. Um, so many, many thanks uh, for the folks who have been sending around about that. It's been fun to be able to participate remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, as everyone, we will participate remotely in the inaugural When in Romance book club. Yes, we're so excited. And we can't wait to see what you, what thoughts you have for that. So, yeah. So stay tuned for our uh, response to our question about series that we are excited about. Uh, because we are excited to tell you about them. Yes, we are. And we'll tell you about them next time. Uh, but until then, anything else, Trisha? No, happy reading, everybody. Happy reading. We'll see you soon. Or bye. talk to you soon. Maybe both. Who knows? Whichever. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.